Virginia. Where the spirit of 1.8 million West Virginians wills you to victory. Other places have pro teams, but in this state, the Mountaineers are a way of life. When I competed, and more that number, I competed for the state and for the people, not just for the university. Now, let's roll out the carpet and bring on the Mountaineers. That's not a spree. Yes! Alexander. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Episode 6 of the 2022-2023 CRW Hoops Podcast as we continue to cover the West Virginia men's basketball season. Got three games to talk about here, two reviews, and then we're going to preview the upcoming game against Texas as we continue throughout the episode here. West Virginia splitting these past two games, but finally, most recently, getting back on the winning track with a very impressive win over a top 15 team in the TCU Horned Frogs. And of course, we'll talk about that here momentarily. But before we get into those game reviews and into our preview of the game against the Longhorns, let's talk a little bit of coaching news that we have here in Mountaineer News. All right, so Mountaineer news here this week on this episode of the CRW Hoops podcast. We really only have one thing to discuss, but that is some coaching news at West Virginia, a shakeup on the staff, if you will, within the men's basketball program that actually occurred the day that I dropped the CRW Hoops episode five, coincidentally enough. Of course, later that day, coaching news comes out surprisingly to the shock of many. Larry Harrison is relieved of his duties as West Virginia men's basketball assistant coach. Been, you know, coaching with Bob Huggins for over 20 years, been at West Virginia over 15 years, but that all came to an end about a week ago. And a lot of people after that were talking about, you know, is West Virginia going to name somebody on an interim basis? You're obviously probably not going to bring somebody in and hire someone right away, right in the middle of the season. But to the surprise of many, myself included, that is indeed what West Virginia did just a few short days later, announcing the hiring of DeMar Johnson away from Cincinnati. DeMar Johnson was there as director of player operations at Cincinnati, comes to West Virginia to fill the hole left by Larry Harrison and the men's basketball coaching staff as an assistant coach. He played for Bob Huggins at Cincinnati back in the 1999 season, was the sixth overall pick in the 2000 NBA draft, had a good NBA career that would have been even better and I think would have been you know one of the superstars of the NBA had he not got into a car wreck that kind of ultimately derailed things for him, which I'll put a link into the description of this video if you're watching on the YouTube side to an article that he wrote talking about that car accident that kind of derailed his NBA career that I thought uh, was really good. You know, I talked about it in the video we did updating the coaching staff here on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel 
really just has a great attitude about things, I think, and I think he's going to be a good mentor to these young men on the West Virginia basketball team. So I'll put a link to that article if you're tuned in on the video side. And if you're on the audio side, I'll drop it in the show notes there for you guys. But having said that, really appreciate you guys tuning in here to this episode of the CRW Hoops podcast. Either way that you're doing there, whether you be listening to the audio version or taking it in visually, and if you're taking it in visually there on YouTube, whether it be on our channel or on the WV Sports Now channel, you can find us over there now as we are a part of the Sports Now family of networks there. You can find our show on their website as well as some great West Virginia sports content there at wvsportsnow.com. Be sure and check that out. But if you're tuning into the video version of this podcast on their YouTube channel or ours, be sure and drop a like in here if you would. Really helps this video's performance and helps future video's performances here on the channel. And if you're a West Virginia fan and you haven't already, be sure and hit the subscribe button. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. And if you're tuned in on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating. That helps. If you're tuned on any of the other podcast platforms that you can find us on, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, just be sure and share us around with other West Virginia fans you may know that probably would enjoy some extra Mountaineer sports content in their lives. So having said that, DeMar Johnson joins the men's basketball staff. In this press release, it wasn't really known how long it would take for him to join the program, but we now know that he has onboarded since the game against you know Oklahoma. He wasn't there. The game against TCU, we saw him there on the sidelines, and he is indeed involved with the program already, coming over from Cincinnati and filling the staff vacancy that was left by Larry Harrison. So a new assistant coach for West Virginia since our last episode of the CRW Hoops podcast is our main topic here in Mountaineer News this week. Having said that, let's get into some game reviews for the two most recent West Virginia basketball games before we get into our preview of the game against Texas. All right, so first up, the game I last previewed in CRW Hoops Episode 5, of course, was the game against Oklahoma this past Saturday. You had the noon tip-off there in Norman. West Virginia, I thought, played a pretty good performance overall in this game. The one area I think that came out of this really concerned about was free throw shooting. West Virginia only shooting 50% here, as you see on the screen if you're watching on the YouTube version. 8 of 16 on free throws for the Mountaineers in this game. And, of course, that percentage is terrible enough. But I think, really, they missed free throws in the most inopportune times as well. A couple sequences that stand out to me. I know in the first half I noted one on our Twitter over there at WVU Country Roads. It was 18 to 15, I believe, was the score. West Virginia had a sequence where they had four free throws in a row down 18 to 15. So, you know, you hit all four of those, you take a 19-18 lead. What did West Virginia do? They went 0-4 on those free throws, still stayed behind. So, in this game, West Virginia had plenty of opportunities to take the lead. They never led in this game against Oklahoma, despite being in it all the way and having plenty of chances to take the lead, including late in the game. It was 70-70. to West Virginia goes to the line for two more free throw shots. Chance to take the lead, all you got to do is make one, and they go 0-2 in that situation as well. So, that was what was the biggest concern coming out of this game, and I think the biggest reason that you lost lost this game because looking at the other numbers in the game against the Sooners, West Virginia shot 56% from the field and 46% from the three-point line. Did an awesome job there. And then one area that's been the area of concern for the Mountaineers this season, and we saw them in the game against Baylor do this as well, and then here again against Oklahoma, they do a good job of taking care of the basketball. They only turned the ball over five times against the Sooners while forcing Oklahoma into 14 turnovers of their own. So I thought West Virginia did a great job taking care of the basketball, something they struggled with this season. They didn't do as good of a job rebounding, so that would probably be the other detrimental area if I had to point one out in 
besides free throws, but I think free throw is certainly the main one. And I think even with the rebounding disadvantage that you had in this game, if you could have made a few more free throws, you probably would have won this contest if you were the Mountaineers. So you needed to see that come back up against TCU. We'll talk about if it did here momentarily, but ultimately at the end, West Virginia falls to Oklahoma 77 to 76 to drop them to 10 and 7 at the time and of course was their fifth straight loss in conference unfortunately starting conference play at 0 and 5 but let's take a look here at some of the individual numbers before we move on to this most recent game against the TCU Horned Frogs as you see for the Mountaineers Trey Mitchell was the standout performer in this one I thought 16 points 5 rebounds seven of eight from the field one of one from three point range the area that left something to be desired was, of course, the free throw shooting, which I think was the case for most of the Mountaineers, save for one player that's really been excelling in that area throughout this entire season. We'll talk about him momentarily and even more when we talk about the game against TCU. But Eric Stevenson, unfortunately, for the second straight game, had an off night, only nine points, three of eight from the field. Kedrian Johnson, I think, has been a bright spot for West Virginia. Had two steals in this game, 13 points, and that's the one I'm talking about that's excelling at the free throw line for the Mountaineers. You see four or four in this game. believe he was perfect in this next game against TCU. We're just getting ready to cover momentarily but then off the bench of course Tucson providing the spark for the Mountaineers 14 points but unfortunately he was the one that ultimately went 0 of 2 at the free throw line and those two shots beating the two the West Virginia had with the game tied at 70 apiece so can't really harp on his performance too much he's been a bright spot for the Mountaineers all season and in this game provided a lot of scoring the second leading scorer in the game coming off the bench for the Mountaineers but of course in a crucial area there in a critical situation you would love to see him at least hit one of those free throws and I think in the future he will I think nine times out of ten he knocks down at least one of those if not both but having said that looking at Oklahoma and who kind of hurt the Mountaineers the most of course Grant Sherfield he's been the leading scorer all season for the Sooners he had a great performance in this game 22 points 9 of 11 from the free throw line Oklahoma really did a good job at the stripe, 72% overall as a team. And I think that's ultimately, like I said, which was the difference in the game. West Virginia did a good job on the Groves brothers overall, holding them to eight points and seven points. But Tanner Groves did hit a couple big uh, crucial uh, three-pointers to get his eight points. And then I thought the Sooners' big man Hill really hurt the West Virginia Mountaineers in this game as well, 14 points and six rebounds. And if you go up and look at the Mountaineers, Jimmy Bell, who was matched up against him, kind of struggled in this one, six points, did manage to grab six rebounds. But I thought he really had a good bounce-back performance in the game that we'll talk about now. Against the TCU Horned Frogs, West Virginia finally able to get on the winning track, as we talked about earlier earlier after this one point loss to Oklahoma West Virginia brings it back to the Coliseum a place where TCU hasn't defeated West Virginia West Virginia was looking to keep TCU's losing streak in Morgantown intact and indeed they have TCU now 0-11 in Morgantown as the West Virginia Mountaineers finally managed their first Big 12 conference win of 2023 let's talk about it here on episode 6 of the 2022-2023 CRW Hoops podcast <laughs> All right, so looking now most recently at the West Virginia game that took place here on January 18th, West Virginia finally able to secure a Big 12 victory, get back on the winning track, and snap that losing streak that had been pestering them for a couple of weeks now. TCU was number 14 in the country at the time, but West Virginia really came out and showed a strong performance in this game. You could tell that they were focused. And I think uh, shout out to Bob Huggins for kind of, I want to say, culturing this a little bit for West Virginia. You know, the game against Oklahoma following that, I think in the post game, we were all kind of expecting Coach Huggins to be 
down on the team a little bit, you know, in the way that he does sometimes talk about guys not getting in the gym, things like that. But instead, he was oddly positive talking about, I'm not worried. I think we're still an NCAA tournament team. We're not the worst team in the conference. We're going to go on a run, watch and see. And I think coming out and making a statement against the number 14 ranked Horned Frogs in the country goes a long way in showing that he may indeed be right, especially with how the West Virginia Mountaineers did it. Built a 15-point lead at halftime. Unfortunately, the second half collapse that we've become all too familiar with as West Virginia Mountaineer fans did indeed rear its head a little bit as TCU cut the lead down to two at one point. But West Virginia really stayed in the game and fought there all the way to the end. Went on another run there late to ultimately extend the lead yet again to its final margin of a nine-point victory as you see West Virginia defeating TCU 74-65 to to move to 11-7 and and 1-5 on the 2022-2023 season. And like I said, no small feat with this TCU team. This TCU team just defeated Kansas State, who was you know undefeated in the conference at the time, number one team in the conference. We know the Mountaineers played the Wildcats and went to overtime in that game, a game they probably should have won, a lot of people think. But Kansas State was riding high as one of the best teams in the conference. And TCU not only beat them, but they absolutely destroyed Kansas State, beat them handedly. So this is a very good TCU team, arguably the best player in the conference on their team in Mike Miles. But West Virginia was able to handle them and look very good in doing so overall for the most part, save for some moments there in the second half. And then I think, you know, Kansas State isn't a fluke either just to prove that the Kansas State team that, you know, beat West Virginia and, of course, was riding high as one of the top teams in the Big 12 before losing to TCU is no joke. What does Kansas State do after losing that game handedly to TCU? They turn around and beat the Kansas Jayhawks, who were ranked number two in the country at the time and arguably people were talking about as maybe the best team in college basketball. So I think the Big 12 Conference is really tough. West Virginia is still finding its place in it. Hopefully they are able to go on a run here, as Bob Huggins mentioned. But they definitely have the start of one here going as they find the first victory of the season in Big 12 play here. And looking at some of the numbers here, West Virginia shot pretty good from the field overall. Again, 46%. However, in this game, they did struggle from the three-point line, 26%. TCU struggled from the three-point line as well. They only shot 25%, but that's just kind of their game. They don't really shoot three-pointers a lot. They get out in transition and run, attack the basket, but they are one of the worst teams in the country at shooting three-pointers. West Virginia has actually kind of been a strength of theirs this season, so hate to see them dip down a little bit in this game, but overall, I thought West Virginia shot the ball well, and I think the most encouraging thing to see from this game, of course, is the free throw percentage. West Virginia, after the struggles that we talked about earlier in the game against Oklahoma, bounces back in a big way, going 20 of 26 from the free throw line, 77% for the Mountaineers, and really some crucial ones late in the game when they need him here to extend the lead over the Horned Frogs. Thought they bounced back in a big way there, as well as on the glass. West Virginia looked absolutely dominant there in this game. 31 to 18 rebounding advantage over TCU, including 14 offensive rebounds for the Mountaineers. The only area that I can talk negatively about in this game for West Virginia, aside from the three-point shooting that I've already mentioned, would be turnovers. The problems West Virginia's had taking care of the basketball, unfortunately, popping back up here again. Looked like they kind of had those under control after two single-digit turnover performances against Baylor and Oklahoma. West Virginia, unfortunately, turns the ball over 15 times in this game against TCU. So let's hope moving forward that's more of an aberration and West Virginia continues to take care of the basketball in the ways that they've shown in the past couple of games before this TCU game. However, it ultimately doesn't cost the Mountaineers in this one, so hopefully they get that corrected, shoot the three ball a little bit better, and who knows, maybe that's 
that run Bob Huggins is talking about and predicting for this team is on its way. But like I said, they have the first win of it, if it is on its way here, with the win over TCU. Let's take a look at some of the individual numbers and some standout performers in the Mountaineers. And there's definitely a player here I want to mention and talk about for a second, um, and that is, of course, Kedrian Johnson. I think he deserves talked about here. Some in the fan base, myself included, be kind of critical of the West Virginia guard play and kind of question if West Virginia had good enough guard play to carry them to wins here in the Big 12 Conference play to get them to the tournament. But we also know in the tournament, guard play is very important. And I think once I heard the news of Jose Perez not being eligible for this season, I was a little bit concerned about that. But I think since then, Keisrian Johnson has really came out with some strong performances and ultimately taken over as kind of the leader offensively for West Virginia leading the charge. He's kind of been the go-to man in critical situations with the way that he can attack the bucket, either him or Joe Toussaint. They both have that capability. But Keedy, we know, has been known as a great on-ball defender. I think he's continued that throughout this season. Of course, you see two more steals in this game against TCU. But he's also been absolutely great from the free throw stripe all season long as you see 10 of 10 in this game, back-to-back games with making all of his free throws. I think in the first two games of Big 12 play, he was struggling from the field a little bit. After he got through that cold spell, like I said, he's really been leading the Mountaineers and drops 20 points in this game for West Virginia to go along with two steals, two assists, and three rebounds, five of eight from the field. And I think, you know, the sequence that really stands out to me that kind of shows the player that Keedy Johnson is becoming for West Virginia. Like I said, we know he's a tenacious defender. We know what he can do on that end. But I think looking now at his performance he's putting on in his final season as a West Virginia Mountaineer up to this point, it seems like he's really made it a point to improve his offensive game throughout the season. And it's showing here in Big 12 conference play. Uh, the sequence that stands out to me that really kind of culminates what Keedy Johnson means for this team and what he's done to help West Virginia secure, especially this first victory here in Big 12 play, but multiple big victories that they've secured throughout the season, and that is Keedrian Johnson on the offensive end got a little bit of a mismatch against a bigger guy hits a step back, makes his man fall to the ground, hits a nice mid-range jumper. Immediately, TCU does what they do, pushes the tempo, runs down to the other end, trying to get a quick basket. Kedrian Johnson, already back on defense, takes a charge. So right away in that sequence, scores two for the Mountaineers and then takes a charge on the other end. And that's just kind of, I think, a great microcosm of the player Kedy is for West Virginia, not only in this game, but he has been in Big 12 play and at points throughout this season. Then looking around for the Mountaineers, Jimmy Bell, I thought, really stepped up, talked about he had an off game against Oklahoma, and I thought one of the Oklahoma bigs really hurt him. I think he took it personally in this one, came out with one of his better performances of the season and how about his job at the free throw line five of six for the big man who has struggled there throughout the year five of seven from the field 15 points and 12 rebounds like I said looked like a dominant force there also had two steals for the Mountaineers but he really looked great had a couple of put back dunks that were awesome you know was really a force in the game I guess you could say and then also offensive rebounding wise did some great things and then I thought when he did have to take a breather Mo Wagi really stepped up in this game gave one of his better performances of the season as well two or two from the field three offensive rebounds four rebounds in total two steals and a block shot also scored five points for the Mountaineers and then the only other Mountaineer to score in double figures in addition to Keedy and Jimmy Bell was Emmett Matthews in this one who finished with 10 points and three rebounds I believe we thought we were going to get a little bit better Eric Stevenson performance with how it started from him hit a nice mid-range jumper followed by a three-pointer but from then on it kind of went back to him reverting to the shooting struggles he's had in recent games as well as some issues turning the ball over however he did hit both of his free throw attempts two or two from the line finished with nine points and four rebounds and he also added four assists and I thought 
made some really good passes at times, despite struggling in that area at times as well. It was a bit of a mixed bag there, but I really did thought that he made some good passes on the assists that he did have there when you look at his four assists. But I think we got to talk about this now. Since that game against Oklahoma State, when you know he gets the technical and then the offensive foul and ultimately fouls out of that game, and Bob Huggins makes the comments that he does afterwards, I think we've seen a more subdued Eric Stevenson since then, and since then he has not shot the basketball well. I believe he was, what, 2 of 18 or something like that coming into this one. He goes 3 of 10 in this one, so that's 5 of 28 from the field in the three games since that incident and since those comments from Bob Huggins. So I think it's certainly something to keep an eye on right now. Maybe it's a mental thing that's going on since those comments from Huggins. I don't know exactly, but hopefully it's just a cold streak and he's going to turn things around because West Virginia is going to need him if they are going to go on this run that Bob Huggins is talking about as they are going to need more scoring from Trey Mitchell than they got in this game. But ultimately, I think a lot of that was due to some foul trouble. He also was getting hacked a little bit down low, just to be honest with you guys and what, and getting some calls down there. Not a bad performance. Just ultimately ended too early. West Virginia needed him there in that late second half, fouled out with about eight minutes to go. But, you know, did a lot for the Mountaineers while he was in there. Six points, four rebounds, three assists, one of two from the three-point line, one of two from the free throw line. And then, of course, Joe Tucson, you got to talk about off the bench, the leading scorer, seven points, three assists in this one. So not a bad job from that Mountaineer guard. But, of course, the standout is Keedy Johnson. Hopefully he can continue his hot streak if he can. And Eric Stevenson can come back to being the player that we saw him be earlier in the season. West Virginia could have a two-headed monster at the guard position on offense that could really help them win some Big 12 games. And if they do indeed get to the tournament, win some games there. Looking at TCU, of course, like I said, Mike Miles considered one of the best players in the Big 12 and maybe even one of the better players in the country. I thought West Virginia did a great job on him, particularly in the first half, and they really forced him into some bad decisions. He turned the ball over six times in this game, only had two assists. He did, of course, get his score-wise, which I think is going to happen regardless, 21 points for him. But I think this is the second time this season West Virginia has faced a really good guard and really forced him to turn the ball over a lot. Look at the game against UAB. When West Virginia's faced a good guard, I think Keedy Johnson's taken that matchup personally. He forced Jelly Walker to turn the ball over a lot. This game, he forces Mike Miles to turn the ball over six times. And I believe in that game against UAB, he was West Virginia's leading scorer in that one as well. I want to say he had around 16 points, something like that, just trying to remember off the top of my head. And then in this one against TCU, another matchup against a good guard, like I said, not only does he help contribute to Mike Miles committing six turnovers, even though he wasn't the main matchup with Mike Miles, Emmett Matthews was that for most of the night. And I think Emmett Matthews does a great job defensively. However, Keedy Johnson also did play some great defense that helped lead to those turnovers, including taking some charges and things like that. But Keedy Johnson all on the offensive end, I think, steps up when he has one of these matchups against one of these high-profile guards. We've seen it a couple times throughout this season. So it's something to keep an eye on moving forward. So I think, you know, Mike Miles, a great guard, gets his with 21 points scoring. The other TCU guard that's been good this season, Ball, puts up 13. Miller puts up 13 as well for TCU. But overall, West Virginia, a great job limiting the TCU offense, especially in transition, which is the area in which they excel in the first half. I don't think TCU had hardly any transition points. They got most of them in the second half. I don't have the number on this handy exactly, but I want to say off the top of my head, I remember West Virginia held TCU to single digits in transition, and TCU's been one of the better teams in the country in transition offense this season. Shout out to the West Virginia defense in this game, ultimately overall, I think, especially in transition. And then on the offensive side, like I said, Keithy Johnson performance cannot go unnoticed, as well as Jimmy Bell having a big bounce back game to get a double-double for the Mountaineers with 15 points and 12 rebounds to help lead to the 74-65 to win over TCU to put the Mountaineers at 11-6 and 
seven overall on the season and one and five in Big 12 play as they have another home contest against another Texas team. This time it's the Longhorns coming into the Coliseum for a Saturday game here. So let's take a look at that one and give a little bit of a brief preview. I'll give you guys my prediction before we wrap up this episode here of the CRW Hoops podcast. All right, so next up on the slate for the West Virginia Mountaineers, they are taking on the Texas Longhorns here, January 21st. Of course, as I said, this Saturday, going to be a night tip for the Mountaineers, 6 o'clock p.m. on ESPN, night game in the Coliseum. So hopefully get a great crowd in there for this one for West Virginia. Hopefully can help them to get a victory. They already have a victory over top 15 team this week, as we just talked about with the victory over the Horned Frogs. Now they got a chance to get a victory over a top 10 team here with the number seventh ranked Texas Longhorns coming to town. Texas currently 15-3 and on the season West Virginia 11 and 7 as we mentioned earlier and looking at the matchup here statistically Texas is scoring 81 points a game only giving up 67 48 percent from the field 36 rebounds a game 17 assists four blocks and eight steals however they are coming off a loss to the Cyclones most recently on Tuesday, the day before West Virginia defeated TCU. Texas, unfortunately, lost to Iowa State. So we know they are vulnerable, but who knows? They could be very motivated now coming off a loss, looking to get back on the winning side of things. We know they've got an interim head coach now, as Chris Beard has been fired from the Longhorns. And I think with his firing, we've seen the makeup of Texas kind of change a little bit. We know Chris Beard's identity is kind of stifling defense. You get kind of gritty rock fight type games, if you will. However, now Texas seems to be leaning more towards offense and scoring at a higher clip, whereas the defense, I think, is giving up a little bit more points-wise. They've picked up on the offensive end and kind of focusing more on scoring. So it's a different Texas team than we're used to seeing now that Chris Beard is not at the helm by the time they're facing West Virginia. But looking at West Virginia's numbers, no scoring slouch of their own, 78 points a game, only giving up 69, shooting 47% from the field, averaging 34 rebounds a game, 14 assists, three blocks and six steals. Looking at some of the individual players to watch in this game, Marcus Carr of Texas, another great guard in the Big 12, averaging over 17 points a game ever since he transferred into Texas. He's been an offensive superstar for them. 45% field goal percentage, 81% from the line. Timmy Allen, still at Texas there. Brother of Teddy Allen, of course, former Mountaineer, well-traveled college basketball player, played at many schools, as we all know, following his stint at West Virginia as Teddy Buckets. But Timmy Allen, the leading rebounder for the Longhorns, five and a half rebounds a game, four on the defensive end and two on the offensive end. Marcus Carr also leading the Longhorns in assists with four a game. As for West Virginia, Eric Stevenson still remains the leading scorer for the Mountaineers at 13.2 points per game, shooting 46% from the field, 73% from the line. Jimmy Bell now up to 6.1 rebounds per game to lead the Mountaineers, three on the defensive end, three on the offensive end. Kedrian Johnson leading the Mountaineers in assists with just over three a game, and I think his scoring is also coming into play for the Mountaineers now, as I mentioned earlier. I think this is a winnable game for West Virginia. I know I sound like a broken record. Seems like I keep predicting wins, and every time I predict a win, West Virginia has lost. I didn't get to you know do a preview before the game against TCU to you know predict a win or a loss there. But in this one against Texas, I think West Virginia is going to be riding high. Texas coming off a loss, West Virginia coming off a win. You get a night tip in the Coliseum. That's to West Virginia's advantage. I think the West Virginia team is focused. They look like they look hungry. Bob Huggins maybe has spoken of a run, and hopefully he's spoken it into existence. We know he's spoken into existence as far as the first victory over TCU. But I think West Virginia has a great chance to get two in a row here as they face the Longhorns in this one. And I think West Virginia is going to do it. I'm going to predict a three to four point West Virginia victory over the Longhorns, two in a row for the Mountaineers, and hopefully the start of a winning streak. That's my 
brief preview for this game against Texas as well as my uh, prediction, but uh, take it with a grain of salt. My record's not too hot this year with my predictions here on the episodes of the CRW Hoops podcast, but that's what I'm thinking in this game against the Longhorns. I think West Virginia does have a chance to get on a run here. Liked what they showed against TCU. Like how they match up against Texas. So that's my thoughts on the game against the Longhorns, but I'd love to hear your alls. Drop them down in the comments. What's your prediction for the game against Texas? How are you feeling about this team now following the game against TCU? We really appreciate the interactions as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads webcast community throughout Mountaineer Nation. I guess that will pretty much get ready to wrap us up here on Episode 6 of the 2022-2023 CRW Hoops podcast here as we've put two game previews in the books, talked a little bit of Mountaineer news about a coaching change that's happened for the West Virginia basketball team, and of course, previewed the upcoming game against the Longhorns as well. And I really appreciate you guys tuning into this episode here of the CRW Hoops podcast as West Virginia now sits at 11-7 and overall and 1-5 and in Big 12 conference play as we look ahead to more of the 2022-2023 West Virginia men's basketball season. And you can find plenty of more content from us here at the Country Roads webcast over on our YouTube channel. If you're on the audio side, be sure and hop over to there. Got plenty of West Virginia offseason news. We have some West Virginia football coaching staff news we've updated over there as well as transfer news and things like that as we proceed through the football offseason. So be sure and check that out if you haven't already. And like I said, find some great West Virginia sports content as well as our podcast episodes there at wvsportsnow.com. In the meantime, be on the lookout for Episode 7 of the CRW Hoops podcast. Coming here soon after these next couple West Virginia basketball games, we will look ahead to the remainder of the season for West Virginia basketball. And hopefully it continues to be in this bright spot that we're living in here with this episode following a win for West Virginia over TCU. Hopefully we're talking about another one with this game against the Longhorns, but we'll talk about it either way, regardless of the result here on the next episode of the CRW Hoops podcast. Having said that, as always, I'm Jordan Cruz, and until next time, let's go. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...